0: Welcome to Coach, the professional coaching podcast. Conversations to explore what coaching is really all about, what it takes to be a great coach, and why coach training really does make the difference. Discover how coaching can help you in all areas of your life and business in a fast paced and demanding world. So join us here to share conversations and insights with some of the best coaches from around the globe. Real coaches, real talk. So let's get started with me, your host, Teresa Brooks. Hello. So today on the podcast, I am super excited and very honored to have Ruth Kudzi with us. Now, Ruth featured in the first edition of Coach Magazine, and she's an ICF qualified coach, mentor, and best-selling author. Um, Ruth also has a, a long list of qualifications to her name and is also a qualified teacher. Um, And her and I share the same ethics and beliefs around standards in the coaching industry. Uh, She's a big inspiration to me and I'd love to welcome her to the podcast today.
1: Thank you. I'm really delighted to be here. Thank you so much.
0: Great. And Ruth and I were chatting off camera because we had a couple of ideas about what we would talk about today. We were going to talk about, obviously, the the pandemic and we're going to talk about children and the impact that it's had because you're a a trained teacher as well, aren't you, Ruth?
1: Yeah, I used to be a deputy head for my sins. So, Mm. yes.
0: Okay. So... You know, children are very important, you know, in the generations coming up, the change and the things that they can bring to the world. And, Mm. you know, both Ruth and I being coaches, it's all about having conversations. It's all about being curious and it's all about raising awareness. And so before we started the podcast, I said to Ruth, do you think really we should have a different kind of conversation today? And she, of course, being Ruth, said, yes, definitely, we should. Mm. So in light of what's happened with George Floyd and the entire discussion around that, Ruth and I are going to talk about, you know, what we both agreed. It can be, you know, pretty uncomfortable and difficult Mm. at times. But the thing is, it's no point, I don't think, us making a post, um, doing something for a day, using a hashtag, and then carrying on. Because that's exactly what happened Well, it happens time and time again. Caroline Mm. Flack, for instance, when she took her life, the whole internet was flooded. Was it not, Ruth? Flooded.
1: Completely. Hashtag
0: be kind, right? And I don't really know where that went. Probably a total of a week later. Now I know that this is different, but the principle is what I'm talking about because the conversations that we have in our lives and not the comfortable, convenient ones that we have with our, our white friends, okay, in the middle class environment, but the ones that we have with other people, okay, with black people, with people that understand what it is like to be black, to be in that skin and to feel that and live with that their whole lives. Those conversations are important, but also the ones between women, white women like Ruth and I, who are also coaches. Now, you know, coaching is a privileged industry. And what I notice is when I'm searching for diversity to feature in Coach Magazine, and I'm really passionate about that, I really do have to hunt very hard. And I spoke to a fantastic woman on the phone last night for an hour and a half, Vanessa Bellow, And she was introduced to me by a coach that was in the magazine, Kevin George. Mm -hmm. And we had a very intense conversation around all of this. And it's not really to say that we are getting it right or to make any excuses or to defend ourselves. It's really just for us to talk about what we feel as coaches, because I think we've got such an opportunity with the first step of coaching being about raising awareness. So this is what we're going to talk about. We don't know where it's going to go, but we are going to be honest about how we feel. So Ruth, why don't you kick off with how you have felt over the past uh, week or two since this horrendous incident in our world?
1: I mean, I've been feeling uncomfortable. I would say that I felt a lot of judgment and I think this is really interesting. So I felt judgment, I felt anger, I felt sadness. And sometimes I have felt myself like looking at people and thinking, well, what do they know? Now, obviously I know the irony of that because you could easily look at me and say, what do you know? But I think it's, and I realized that when I was having those feelings, especially when I was like feeling anger towards someone, it was about me. I was angry towards myself. I think I was, it's really easy for all of us to stay comfortable. And it's easy for us not to challenge things because it's a much nicer narrative to say like, okay, yeah, racism was something in the past. And I'm, you know, as we said before, I'm someone, my husband is black, my kids are mixed heritage. But honestly, um, even though on a conscious level, I know racism exists. I know that there's we experience racism. He's experienced racism. When I was a teacher, I experienced racism on a conscious level. But unconsciously, the narrative that I believe that I do tell myself and the narrative that I need to change is it's not like it was before. Mm. So it's okay because we don't really see the racism in the streets, like we used to, like we don't hear the racist jokes and the racist slurs as much as we used to. So it's very easy for us to then say, it's okay now. And the thing is that when we do this, we have to understand that we are, we are being complicit in a way, but also it's our unconscious brain because it's a hard and uncomfortable place to go to, to say, actually, Yeah, on the surface, guys, it looks like stuff has changed. But really, fundamentally, for people who are from a black and an ethnic minority background, things have not changed. No. Realistically, if we're not doing anything about it, we are becoming complicit in it as well.
0: Exactly. And, you know, what's interesting there that you've said is we don't see it. or We've just seen it massively Mm. in front of our eyes and of course the UK and the USA are are different you know there is a different thing in America but just because we don't see it doesn't mean it's there just because we don't see it with our white eyes doesn't mean it's not there because the lady I spoke to last night she said I have been living this for 37 years Mm. because of course she's been a black woman for 37 years so she knows and when we're observers and it's not in our frame of reference like that, we could easily say it's definitely better than it used to be. And do you know what, Ruth? I think that is true on an outside perspective. Like we were mm. talking about growing up in the 70s and 80s. Um, we don't have Jim Davidson anymore, okay? Mm. We don't have Alf Garnett anymore. We don't have a program called Mind Your Language anymore. I don't know if you remember that.
1: Oh, I don't remember that. Mm.
0: So... We, we don't have that, but that's what I grew, grew up around, okay? And my family would have certain beliefs, my mum, my nan, so they would never have said that they were racist, not in a million years. Mm. They would never have said it. My nan loved everyone, but Lover, when she was on her deathbed and she was in the hospital, she said, oh, lovely doctor, she said, came to see me. He was absolutely lovely, black as your hat, mind. That is what she said. Yeah. Now, that's uncomfortable, right? And I'm going to share it. Um, and my nan's passed away bless her because I know that my nan did not mean anything by that that would be bad from her heart but it was suggesting that there was something there was a but in there really nice but yeah and it's that assumption and that's it that is what's a prime example of the unconscious bias that we will say I'm not racist Mm. You know, I would say I'm not racist. Why on earth would I say I'm racist? I would say, uh, of course, I'm not racist. But do I have unconscious bias? Yes. Do I have white privilege? Yes. Do I understand what that really means? Sometimes
1: mm.
0: when things like this happen. And, and I want to talk about it because me and my white privilege, that's not my fault. It's not something to carry. Like I'm so guilty about it and mm. I must pay back. But it is something that I was born into and it is something to truly think about how black people are treated differently, literally by the nature of their skin and depending on the tone of it as well. Mm. And that is really, really tough to think about for me to face as a white woman. I don't know about you.
1: Yeah, I think it definitely is. And I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because we were saying before, like, um, you know, I would definitely have had a similar conversation with my gran. And we we say, like, yeah, things have changed. But actually what we have to understand is belief structures are embedded by, you know, when we're children. So if we're now sitting here yeah. um, and we're saying, like, in the 70s and 80s, this was the norm, however much we are saying, actually now this isn't what I believe, we may still have beliefs unconsciously because we haven't done the work consciously on those beliefs to change them that are not congruent. And totally I think agree. That, yeah, I think totally. this is the thing that people need to understand. And we need to understand, we're going to talk about children as well with our children too, that many of us, and I know there's been a big thing about white liberal response and white liberals. Many of us white liberals were white middle-class women and men. We were like, we, we would love to believe that we weren't racist. We would love that. And I have seen people posting online saying, but I'm different. And of course, we want to feel different. But actually, if we go down to our, our beliefs, we may well have things in there that are very uncomfortable and that are very difficult for us to acknowledge that we do believe because believe, our beliefs have been there for so long. So that we don't even notice them. And that's the and that's the problem, isn't it? That that is the key
0: to it. We're not noticing, we're not aware. And to raise the awareness, you know, what she was saying to me was that it's not okay to be silent, Mm. asking myself those difficult questions, looking back in my life and saying, Where, where did you feel uncomfortable about that and why? You know, it's a horrible mirror work, but
1: Mm. the, the
0: white privilege discussion is really complex and quite deep but it's actually a huge responsibility if we're going to make any kind of difference here and I do really feel passionately about teaching our younger generations what this really means.
1: I agree my kids are younger they're three and five so they're they're younger but they know that things are happening now they have brown skin so obviously this conversation is different now we Mm. have been very conscious from when they were tiny, that actually we, we need to have these conversations with them because, and I had this conversation with my husband yesterday. I said, if we are not having those conversations with them, if we're not actually, and we're not going as far as, you know, a man was murdered, we're letting them know that people are protesting and they're protesting because people who've got different color skin are not treated the same as people who've got white skin. And we're going to the fact that, Mummy and daddy and them are all the same, but that some people don't believe that. And so people are taking action because some people don't believe that. And that's kind of where we are of that dialogue. They know we've got, there's a, great, um, there's a great series of books, which I can't remember the name, but they're kind of like women in history. And they're, they're beautiful books. They're lovely hardback books. And so we've read like Rosa Parks, we've read Maya Angelou. We've read lots and lots of those books to them so they are aware that this happens but i think even with them it's like it's so important to educate them so like even from that young age they can ask the questions they can be curious they can they can start to feel those feelings as well yeah you know, it's that-
0: very interesting isn't it and of course everything you know, we might say as well, everything age appropriate, but then we're still filtering a lot of truth Mm. away from them. And, you know, for instance, if you say, well, you know, we are the same, you want your children to be on an equal level. You want them to understand, you want to promote equality, but they're not the same. Are they? They're not. And and you are still a white middle-class privileged white woman. And that's what we were talking about before the podcast as well. So again i was listening to a live with a lady and she said you know I- i'm not very dark so I- i'm quite light so I-, I have some of that privilege in there as well even just by being lighter mm. a- a- and it's measured like that and i was listening with horror really to to, to think about that as a sliding scale does that make mm. sense like a sliding
1: scale of judgment it's horrendous um, i think there's even more privileges than that i think there's i mean i mean we could we could go we could go on but i I do think that there is this idea but it's interesting and i'm going to share this because it is kind of relevant and we know and we see in society we see in the magazines we mainly see people with lighter skin we don't see as many models and children with darker skin that is a fact and i would love if anyone's listening to to this to tell us the percentages as well um and just to pick up on that, it's true that, you know, um, Vanessa was saying that when
0: she was looking at black businesswomen as a percentage and she was looking uh, Instagram and, and various platforms, 1%, 1% of, of black women in business, you know, and, and I was like, what, why is that? you know, and why I said to her that when I went to my networking group, that there was, mm. I don't know, maybe one or two black women that attended. And I was like, well, you know, why is that? Because I wanted to ask that question as well. Yeah. And she said, because we're uncomfortable. She said, we don't want to be the one coffee granule in the mil- bowl of milk. Yeah. Well, and I didn't know what to say to that because I have never considered that perspective before, but this is what we've got to do. Consider these other perspectives and really examine it from all the facets and all the areas and let people speak without arguing, without shouting each other, without hatred and anger, speak about it. So that as white people, we can understand a bit better, but also Ruth as well, know what
1: actions we can take. A hundred percent. Like we, we have to listen. And James Corden, I don't know if anyone's seen this, but James Corden did something. He did. I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, you know, it, 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 I could feel his emotion. And he said, this is not the issue of black people to sort out. It is the issue of white people. Yeah. And I think that I want to, like, it, it just really spoke to me because I'm like, why do we keep laying, like, we've treated them for for years and years and years. And I say we as a white person, we have treated black people for years and years and years. We have been discriminated against them consciously and unconsciously um like the legacy of what what happened in the slave trade it's still very much there today why do we then lay the blame at their door to sort it out it's it's like how are they meant to do that (laughs) it's just ridiculous but but that is really what people have been doing and i think i hope that What's going to happen now is that we can start having conversations that are really difficult and really uncomfortable, and we can start taking action. I know, like, there's things that we can, you know, we can talk to our children. We can talk to those people. And actually, you know, it is, it's unlikely that there's going to be lots of people who listen to this, who have got, who have got overtly racist views but I would challenge everyone who's listening to say to me that they're actively anti-racist and to say to me, that they don't have any biases. And actively. Guess, that's the, that's the word. That's actively. actively. So, yeah.
0: you know, what are you doing in your life? Okay. Because, you know, this might be unpopular, but people are going to stop posting. They're going to mm. stop on the social yeah. media. Okay. They are. Um, but, That's what social media is. It's a platform for awareness. You can drive that, you can raise that, but then you've got to take it somewhere. Okay. So the first Mm. step of change is awareness. And, you know, I I felt quite emotional really like a lot of people over the last, um, not directly with what's happened and what I watched, that just literally made me cry. Mm. It was horrendous. Yeah. But since then listening to some of the lives, listening to some of the people speak out and, Really, for the first time, aligning myself with what that pain really means Mm. and actually how privileged I really am. Okay. And this isn't a comfortable conversation. I can't say that it's comfortable. There are times in my life where the the unconscious bias I've had has come up, and I can think of times, I can think Mm. of thoughts, of feelings, of situations. And that, if anyone says they can't, I don't believe them. If anybody says, as a white person, that they, they can't find anything like that at all. I don't believe them. Mm. It's actually impossible. But, you know, my daughter didn't seem to, when she spoke, have any of that. She hasn't grown up in that, with that around her. But it, it will still be around there, news, mm. media, in, in other ways. So it's still there. So it's down to us as, as parents and coaches in our space to help other coaches, to help each other to talk to our children and have conversations with black people that we know and say, you know, how do you feel? What is this? And and, and so that we can understand it ourselves. If we can't understand it, Ruth, then we can't, we can't get to grips with it in any way on a deeper level. We can't do anything. And I I don't want to do anything. That's just surface. Does that make sense?
1: A hundred percent. And actually you asked me how I was at the beginning and and yesterday I got, (laughs) I got really upset because some people Footballers who'd had overtly, not even covert, been overtly racist in the past did the blackout thing, and I'm like, seriously, this is a, this is just offensive. And then I was like, okay, wait a minute. As a coach, I could look at this a different way. I could look at that they've learnt and that they've, um, that they've chose, that they've realised now they were wrong. And I was like, I can choose to to feel like that. I can choose to look at it. You differently. don't know how they feel. We that we, we don't know. Truth. We ultimately don't like. But actually, we can, you know, coaching awareness is first. So are we raising awareness? Are we really understanding what's going on? And then it's really, well, what are we going to do about that? Because posting on social media, you said about, is great to raise awareness, but we need to follow it up. We don't just, this is not just a talking thing. The reason we're having this conversation and we're being uncomfortable is because it needs to go deeper than that. It needs to go to action. It needs to go to us looking at our businesses, us looking at our families, us looking at our friendship groups, us looking at society and saying, what are we actively going to do to make it differently? Different. Exactly, exactly we've got a responsibility there as coaches as entrepreneurs 100%. as business
0: people because corporates will have specialists to go in and look at the whole issue mm. and look at almost a strategy to run through to make sure that it's congruent to make sure it's delivered properly and we need that don't you think we need that as well uh, as yeah. coaches uh, not to just kind of go back to, to how it was and you know this conversation has come up lots of times really in my life. And last September I was listening to the red table talks with Jada Pinkett Smith. Mm. And it was really interesting. If anybody wants to go back and listen to that. And Vanessa said, yeah, I remember that about September. I listened to that as well. Mm. It was a tough, tough talk about white privilege. And I'll be honest with you. I didn't get all of it. I I was bending my brain. I was stretching it, trying to wrap it around, but I listened to the whole thing. And I really, I have looked at this. I have, this has come up in my life and, I'm not silent and I wanted to, to use today to talk really and mm. to have you know the conversation and if we can invite it's not about what I think individually is Teresa Brooks it's not about what you think individually no, as not. Ruth could see it's about if you listen to this podcast it's about what you think about yourself and if we can raise the awareness by talking about this Ruth, we might get things right, get things wrong, get judged, whatever. I don't really care. You know, I don't either. I, I really don't care. It's not about <laughs> that. It's not about that. It, it's the fact that I'm looking at it and it's something I've been born into. And I want to make sure that actually I use that. I use that as a strength, as a placement, as something to stand on and be able to make some kind of difference and be completely and acutely aware. Thank you for talking about it. And I really hope that people listen to this podcast and just ask yourself the question Mm. about the the awareness that you actually have, what you can do in your Mm. life, what conversation you can have, what you can, what you can call up, you know, and call out when you see it really rather than just let it go. Um, That's not okay. It's not, it's never been okay, but it's happened a lot. And I, I for one will kind of pledge publicly on my podcast, not, To be doing that and wherever I can to hold the space for the conversations to be had, even when I get it wrong, because I I, I get it wrong. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we all all get it wrong, wrong,
1: you know? That's how we learn. Mm. But ultimately, holding the space for yourself and holding that space for others. And if we can learn and if we can, you know, make things different and, you know, challenge our own unconscious bias. And I want to say, I really challenge anyone who says that they don't have it because I think if you don't have it, that is well, you're unless not human you've done a lot, of you work. don't have it. <laughs> yeah then you 're not a human, you really are you
0: can 't so. because that 's how the psychology of us work, you know yeah. whatever the unconscious bias is that this is how we are built you you can 't not have it, so you that can't. in itself is a is a very low awareness which needs stepping up as well so it 's a little bit like the mental health, the hashtags on that, you know the posting on that it 's got to be continued, continued, continued it is super super important yeah um and, and that 's what i 'll continue to do in my life with myself with the magazine. And yeah, you've got to look in the mirror, okay? If you're a coach and if you're coaching others, yeah, a- and it's time to look in the mirror ourselves and really you know, is. figure out what that what it truly means. And I, I hope that we can all do it together, especially as coaches, especially having this privileged space that we do as as white, you know, reasonably middle class coaches. Mm um you can't have something with the tag of privilege and not do something with it for benefit right oh you've been amazing ruth and thank, thank you. you for having this conversation with me i couldn't have thought of anyone better to do it with oh, right now thank you um, so much, and i hope it opens some minds and certainly hearts and you know i, I look for change we're always looking for change okay All right. thank so you. take care thank you ruth thank bye. you so much bye <laughs> You can read Coach Magazine for free online every quarter. Just subscribe at coach-magazine.com and receive it direct to your inbox. You can order print copies, book a directory listing, find us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram.